Do you want to do the intro? We have an intro? Uh, leave the door open the podcast where we talk about the goings on in the porn industry, uh, updates on the and everything that's been happening down there, and uh, just generally life and stuff. What does that sound? Oh, that was my air conditioner. Oh, it sounded wet. Yeah, it makes really terrifying sounds. It's, uh, it's sounds. awful also that it's mounted directly above my entire computer setup. I like using words mounted and moist. And wet. And wet when talking about an air conditioner. Yeah. It really uh, greases me up for the, for this nice conversation we're about to have. Greases you up? No, it's man, it's all water-based. You want me to be greasy? No, I'd rather you be Italian-y. Oh, you're right. I'll lubricate up, and then I'll come back. Man, I... (laughs) (laughs) You got scared of the direction we were taking. I didn't like it. I didn't like the solid eye contact you were making during it either. Well, I was acting. So What's that? uh, So it's this thing where you live truthfully under imaginary circumstances. So you're saying that I act every day? Yes, because you're a pathological liar. Mm. 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 Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That that checks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. So, what have you been up to lately, this week, this day? Has anything fucking crazy happened? Doubt it. Today? No. I uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was really fucking lazy today. Oh, dude, that's great, honestly. Sometimes you need those days, and you're you're planning on continuing the laziness for the rest of the evening? Absolutely. After after our little conversation? My partner's coming over, and we're going to vegetate. Some veggie boys. video games. (laughs) He's gonna he's gonna crochet. It's gonna be a veggie tail. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I woke up and I was like, huh, I don't feel like leaving my room. And yeah. instead I started up Diablo four and started playing it right then. Dude, I had those days. I was sick last week, uh, so I was just like in my room binging. Uh I'm a Virgo. I watched all uh all seven oh, episodes yeah. of I'm a Virgo. They're all they're half hour long episodes, and I'm just gonna do it right here. I recommend it. Okay, yeah, and Boots you said it's by the same guy that made a uh, Sorry to Bother You, right? Yeah, Boots Riley is the writer director, and it's it's kind of the same vibe as Sorry to Bother You. You know, it's this like super big out there concept, like a modern day giant, but it's mm-hmm. also in kind of a comic book world where there's a corrupt superhero called the Hero, <laughs> and he like is like a symbol of the police essentially. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's just such an interesting social commentary as well, and uh, really goes after uh, the man. So okay, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to check that out because I, I saw like a ten second ad for it pop up on Instagram, and, and I, it looks crazy. <laughs> the ten seconds, I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is, and mm-hmm. I, I ignored it until you texted me about it. Mm-hmm. But it's I did all about a giant. <laughs> I absolutely loved. Sorry to bother you. The movie mm-hmm. is whack. Um, yeah, the but, ending just yeah. fucking sideswipes you, right? <laughs> the ending is like three different like left hooks from different people mm-hmm. that you didn't know were in the ring with you. <laughs> yeah, and that was kind of like the first big Lakeith Stanfield starring role mm-hmm. where he he really left an imprint on audiences with that film. I I think. Yeah, he did. He did great in that. There's so mm-hmm. much weird good shit that happens in that i know man i know that's that's why i love like more out there high concept pieces yeah you know like like the bigger the concept is and the more outside of my reality i find that they're able to analyze our reality a lot better yeah no i agree i i you know 
like I remember you uh, you were trying to get me into, into succession. Yeah. And what I was telling you about like my taste is I I really struggle with things that are like really close to reality or like mm-hmm. based heavily in reality. I yeah. like to have some sort of step of removal. And whether that's like, you know, it can be in the modern world, but that just have like, you know, like a fantasy element or yeah. something that's not right something in the world. Like extra um, exaggerated to get me into my imagination. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like I don't know if it's really heavily based in reality, like Succession. I just can't get into it, man. Like yeah. I know that there's there's some billionaire fucks out there that are acting exactly mm. like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just I can't. I don't get to process what they're saying with the writing and the show. Yeah, as much. yeah, and it's hard to commit to see the payoff at the end when you have to sit through four whole seasons of just awful people being awful and, and getting away with it for the most part yeah so i understand i definitely understand your difficulties with, yeah with succession and other other things like that like i struggled to get into the bear for yeah. so long and i just binge watched all of season one i just got through it and then i watched all the new season two that just came out and season two i liked so much better than season one and i like them both as a whole now uh, it was just like too angry, intense for me in the first season. It's like all yeah. in a kitchen, and it's just people being like fucking pissed off, shouting at each other about this and that in the kitchen. And I was like, I don't need this tension at home yeah, when I'm fair. trying to unwind and watch something. I was gonna say, I've seen enough of that at prior jobs working in restaurants. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But then I pushed through, and I got to the second season. And the second season, they took a lot of that hostility stuff away. And it's more just like focusing on individual characters. And there's an episode directed by Rami Youssef, who does Rami on uh, Hulu. Mm. And yeah, and it stars Will Poulter in that episode. Oh, nice. And it's just a really nice little singular episode. And uh, yeah, the show just has improved as a whole. So yeah, it's just like sometimes you can stick with something or like put yourself through something like, uh, like I did with Game of Thrones. Yeah. When I first started, I just busted through six seasons to catch up. Yeah, that was insane. That you watched all of the good parts back to back. Yeah. Just to get you caught up in time to watch the shit show. Yeah. Well, I caught <laughs> up in time to watch two of the greatest episodes, of the end of season six. Oh, that's right. I watched right. Okay, those yeah, on yeah. time, which right. was excellent. And then I saw everything decline. Yeah. So I like got in almost at the right time, just to get disappointed immediately after. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> fucking insane oh, that ending yeah that was that was brutal yeah, yeah it was really fun the other day uh when you you had your your french exchange student one of uh, yeah one, of, one my, of my old french yeah, exchange students yeah visited. pierre yeah, yeah visited us in la uh, and then his friend uh, pierre loop right yeah pierre loop he pierre just loop. he's also pierre it's just a way to distinguish, distinguish. okay yeah, yeah. yeah so pierre and pierre yeah um, the pierres the pierres uh <laughs> Yeah, they were they were cool as hell. It was it was uh-huh. really interesting to talk to them just about like their perspective on like American cinema. Yeah, I I was almost like I guess I was surprised a little bit that they mm-hmm. they knew like just as much about it as us. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's the most. This is the most popular country that content comes out of. Yeah. So of course they're going to know their own stuff, but they're also going to know what's huge internationally. And America just has no idea what it's like to not be the number one media yeah. epicenter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was really cool talking to them about the industry though, uh, mm-hmm. and getting their perspective on a couple movies that did do some extreme French bashing that yeah. I didn't even yeah you know, I didn't even think about. It's what just was like the movie they said? The, the King. The King. This is the one we we're talking about uh, on Netflix with Timothy yeah. Chalamet, which they both even said was a great movie. Yeah, it's they just were like, like it was great. Lot of French bashing <laughs> yeah. and um, yeah, even um, 
especially Robert Pattinson's character was just yeah. kind of they were like, oh, it's fun. He was good. It's just French bashing, <laughs> and uh, also them talking about Frenchie and the boys. Yes, how his accent really. They're like no French people actually talk yeah, like that, which yeah. is interesting because yeah. I, I had no idea. I Neither thought that I. he was. I, I didn't know. The, I knew the actor wasn't French, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that that was a bad French accent. Well, he could be French speaking from somewhere else in the world, and yeah. they just call him Frenchy because he speaks French. Well, who's to no, say? The, no, the character is he's is from specifically France. From France. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then it just <laughs> is a bad accent. Yeah, it's just a bad accent. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. <laughs> mm. No, but but yeah, it was a really uh, uh, cool conversation. It was great to see him again. I hadn't seen him since I was like twelve, yeah. and we just got to catch up on old times, talk about what everybody's been digging, watching, and stuff like that. And it was it was interesting because he really loved uh, Better Call Saul. Mm. He was like best show ever. Kim Wexler in it. Uh, they said uh, Kim Le- Kim Wexler was his favorite TV character of all time. Of all time, yeah, and. Uh, and we, you and me, actually saw her when we went to be audience members at a live Jimmy Kimmel show. Yeah, yeah. She was the second guest, and it was just like, oh, bro. <laughs> and I didn't know who she was. Yeah, neither I of us seen did. Better Call Saul at the time. But like, I knew of Better Call Saul, so I was like, oh, she must yeah. have something. You know, she's on Better Call Saul. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's I'll in need to Emmy watch conversations. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of those reality-driven shows, that's I because I had to be dragged through Breaking Bad by by mm-hmm. our uh, roommate Anson. Um, Mm-hmm. Well, the first three seasons, at least. When we got to season four, I was like, "All right, yeah, I'm into this." Uh-huh. But it was that it was that kind of reality thing. And then I started I started Better Call Saul, but I mm-hmm. still need to finish that. Yeah, I haven't finished it either. I I found it hard because I was so into Breaking Bad, and it's just like it's not the same. And I just need to realize it's not going to be the same. It's going to be something else, and it might be just as good that way. Mm-hmm. But I can't get over the mental gymnastics that it would take. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair <laughs> to get there. <laughs> it's, it's a very different show. Oh God. But yeah, yeah, it's it's great shit. Speaking of uh, Breaking Bad, Aaron Paul in that Black Mirror episode mm. uh, of the new Black Mirror season. Oh, dude, yeah, you did say Aaron Paul earlier. I and am... you just didn't register it was that Aaron Paul, or yeah, well, you for whatever reason I thought it was Aaron Taylor Johnson, <laughs> which uh, clearly that's not what you They're said. They're the most in demand the Aaron's. I'll, yeah. I'll give them that. Bes- well, uh, yeah. in acting, Aaron Sorkin. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. My brain immediately went to him because I just I saw the Craven the Hunter trailer a couple of days ago. Yeah, which looks interesting. I'm not sure it'll be the greatest quality movie, but the action sequences look pretty great. Oh, dude, the cinematography looks baller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm what I'm worried about is the story. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing I'm like. Mm, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I have no idea. It yeah, looks. Yeah. I love Aaron Taylor Johnson. I do. So. I I love him too. But also yeah. like Sony's Spider-Man villain movies. I'm not sure if I'm. I've been it. I'm not sure if I love the Venom movies specifically. Oh, I know that I didn't. Yeah, um, yeah. I, those movies weren't great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the villain in Venom One was really bad. Venom yeah. Two was just like too much happening. I don't know. Actually, sorry. I, I guess I shouldn't say those movies weren't great. I never saw the second one. Okay, uh, it was directed by Andy Serkis. Oh wow! Oh, and Woody Harrelson's the villain. Yeah, I I, d- I did know that. Yeah, it's Carnage. It's more of like leaning into like them being like Venom and Eddie being the odd couple. Yeah. So it's like, it, it takes itself less seriously, which okay. it, which works for it. I That's think. good. Cause I feel like the first one, um, I think the bad thing was the script, uh, with the exception yeah. of the lines for the symbiote in the first one are fucking hilarious. But they totally wasted Riz Ahmed as the villain. Yeah. Like it was so one dimensional. It was like, I've seen this type of villain before. Yeah. You know, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't it. Yeah. He, there was nothing special about him. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, the, it really was just the symbiote lines, and then Tom Hardy's obviously amazing. Um, but yeah. it's, there wasn't a lot for him to work with. Yeah, dude, and you know, I've been thinking a lot about this, uh, like the special effect creature. Yeah. Overall, just doesn't do it for audiences. Like, like in terms of fear level or like actually feeling something for these objects. Like, let's say a T Rex leg. Is it scarier when it's a CGI T-Rex leg or when it's a puppet in the original Jurassic Park movie? Like, what actually gets to us? Yeah. Because we know the CGI thing is fake. We know a computer did that. You can tell in your brain. But for the puppet, that's that's real. That's practical. Like, practical uh, effects, I think, just have better results than CGI. I feel like you can use CGI to supplement practical but that, that's what I was yeah. gonna say. I think that the the real sweet spot is um, actually just doing both, like yeah. doing it practically and then using CGI to enhance it. But you gotta um, be subtle with the CGI so yeah. it so it can be convincing at least. Yeah, I just I, um, I don't know, and I think it depends on the situation very very much. But like the boys, I think is one of my favorite examples of mm-hmm. they do a ton practically and then just enhance the shit out of everything. So like the, mm-hmm. the giant dick that they go into, that's a real <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's a yeah, real yeah. model that they built. But then the, you know, they enhance it and make it look more, yeah. more realistic and mm-hmm. move the CGI. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think that blending is, is great. That's where yeah. that strikes. Lovely balls. And you know, I could make the argument against the led walls because, you know, I don't think Mandalorian and these other shows that are being shot on those walls are as, I'm able to grasp on them as much as like Andor, which is all done with practicals. Yeah. And doesn't use the volume. But at the same time, the Batman used the volume for some of its most gorgeous shots. Yeah. And that cinematography is just fucking incredible. So it kind of makes me bite my tongue a bit. Yeah, I think I mean I I think it depends on the people making it, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think it's like like anything else in filmmaking. It's um it's a tool. Yeah. And like it depends it's on how it's you used use it. and yeah. sometimes it should be used and sometimes it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It just it depends on the situation and sometimes it's applied wrong and sometimes it's applied amazingly like the Batman. Yes, and and also like you got to know what type of film you're making and how seriously you take this effect for your film, like going into uh, what we're going to be discussing today, Asteroid City. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some effect choices that are definitely uh, they're they, up they my had alley. quite the effect. They had quite the effect. So uh, I think now would be a great time to transition into our discussion on Asteroid City. Leave the door open. The podcast with Trey Cochaver and Seamus Curley is produced by me. Seamus, how do I say this person's last name? Woo! Movie slash TV series of the week intro slash spoiler warning slash synopsis slash film analysis. Uh, Hoasts's uh, sad face. Asteroid City slash Wes Anderson retrospective. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, spoiler warning ahead for those unfamiliar with the oeuvre of Wes Anderson. Oeuvre? What the fuck does yeah, that word yeah. mean? His, uh, it's uh, the egg of his works. Um, <laughs> and um, also, those who have yet to see his newest film. I like that you just moved on from that. Oh, yeah, I had to. Asteroid City. All right, spoiler warning ahead. That's out of the way. Seamus. What the fuck did you think about this movie, walking out of it? 
Uh, it was a lot of fun, man. It's um, I liked it a lot better than French Dispatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Agreed. yeah, it would, it had so many cute, lovely moments. It was quirky as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last act it falls apart a little bit. It's yes, not necessarily agreed. awful. I just think it gets it doesn't land in a, it doesn't it doesn't have a great landing point. But everything agreed. up until then is amazing. Um, it's it's just a really weird fun time yeah yeah i i think it's in a way it's learning from the structure of the french dispatch yeah and utilizing that type of structure better yet i do agree with the third act issues uh but otherwise i think this film was so fun and like a sister film to moonrise kingdom in a way just like the fact that moonrise kingdom takes place on this island and then this takes place in this quarantines like little town in the middle of nowhere and they're both like focusing on this child's lens of the adults and how the adults act like children and the children all act pretty adult weirdly enough and all the performances from the kids were really fun all of the the cast was fucking insane. Oh, that was the most star-studded cast I've ever seen in my life. By yeah, far. yeah. It 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 helped. Uh, it helped my view of Tom Hanks after Elvis. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> big time. <laughs> he was. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. The yeah. the mo- him his interactions with his granddaughters are mm-hmm. so funny. The granddaughters it, just in all were yeah. great. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jason Schwartzman took that lead role, which is his first time in a lead Wes Anderson role since he did Rushmore very early on in his mm-hmm. career. Um, and it's also cool because uh, Jason Schwartzman is a Coppola. He's related to the Coppolas. Oh, that's uh, right. He's that's like right. their great nephew. Great and uh, Roman Coppola uh, is a writing partner of Wes Anderson currently. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Did a lot of work on the film. And yeah, it's just cool seeing him at this point in his career kind of yeah. take the lead again. Yeah, I think the, the amount of celebrities in that movie is insane. And they all had their mm-hmm. own little quirks and everything. And I, th- yeah. I think back on the, the special effects thing we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, I think it was really funny that this movie has such like purposefully bad special effects. I just yeah, mean bad. They're, they're not like they're, they don't go to like the standard that you're expecting in American movies. It's like it's stop like, motion. Yeah. It's, it's, it goes back to like Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs, and, but exactly, it's really yeah. simplistic. And like exactly what you'd expect an alien to be, like <laughs> like in a quirky Wes Anderson way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I expected the Wes Anderson aliens to look like, but yeah. definitely it fits the bill well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you see it, you know you're like, yes, this is of course what he was gonna do. <laughs> yeah, that sequence, that sequence is really funny. Oh yeah, so much fun. Just fucking grabs the asteroid. Yeah, looks awkwardly at everyone, poses for the picture, and then leaves. Yeah, man, so fucking funny and. The the kids were all great. I oh, mean, yeah. there was the one kid who was super anti-establishment. There was the kid who wanted <laughs> to be dared to do anything by his dad, oh, that, Liam Schreiber. So sad. And yeah. then they were like, why do you need to be dared to do something? And he's like, I... I have to, or else I wouldn't have like a purpose, essentially. No, no yeah, what, he, says, uh, he basically says, I don't know. I guess that 
I think that if people don't dare me, nobody will notice that I'm here. Oh yeah, like it, it just was, gets super sad. And then they're like, suddenly. "Well, dare us to? Well, tell us to dare you to do something." And then he's like, "Dare anybody dare me to climb that cactus?" No, like, no, no. They're just disappointed. They're like, "Really? You had us." <laughs> The kid is so funny. Oh. Start to finish. Yeah, and he's the one with the death ray. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he built a death ray. But yeah, I love his his opening. His opening line is just, "Do you dare me to eat this pepper?" No. Mm-hmm. And then he does it, and then like the camera moves on, and, <laughs> and then, then he, he runs, runs in, needs the water. Like... Yeah, yeah. He so he was one of the most fun characters in the whole thing. I loved all the kids who were uh, Jason Schwartzman's kids. Yep. I I even liked. Although I almost thought this plot line could have been cut, the school teacher and the school children, mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> that one scene where they perform that musical number made their entire plot line worth it. Absolutely. I like, agree. Like, I was like, is this necessary? And then that happened. I was like, yes, it was necessary. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I kept expecting the cowboys to turn out to be like huge douchebags also. And then, no, they were just great dudes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and also Jeffrey Wright oh, yeah. was so good giving all of his speeches at uh, to all the uh, young scientists and their families, and it was just so intense and so fucking funny and unexpected, and the way he would like finish the sentence, move forward, and then the kid from Grand Budapest would run up and hold another <laughs> yeah. microphone up for him. Hilarious. Yeah, that's also that speech. Not even just like the the, cor- the choreography was funny, but just he's like all right this is my speech about like asteroid day Mm -hmm. and then he just tells like a the brief story of his life and then it's just that was my speech (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, dude it is is such a wild movie full of so many fun performances and it's got such it, it does have a very emotional um core at the center about jason schwartzman's character going through the grief of his wife essentially yeah and uh yeah and it's kind of i I really enjoyed when it went meta at the beginning yeah and i really enjoyed the scene where it was like jason schwartzman's character uh in as an actor was auditioning for the character in the play yeah that was a really neat scene seeing how he changed into the character and uh yeah yeah i i like that overall it's just in the third act as we discussed it gets kind of messy yes yeah i, I think yeah that i love that plot line i love that it pulled out and got meta i was at, mm-hmm. at the very beginning i was like what what's happening here and mm-hmm. then i got into it but yeah i think yeah around the third act it just it felt like they pulled so heavily out of the main story and into that uh like this the, the the theater part of it mm-hmm. that when the main story did finish they almost skipped the climax and like yeah they skipped the climax of the play yeah which i know was the, definitely the point yes um, but it, it didn't i don't know it didn't quite resonate with me i felt like unsatisfied with the ending of the main story yeah because of that exactly i felt the same way it's like you got me you you sucked me in you had me fully invested in this plot line and then you're telling me i'm not going to get to see it and i well Oh, actually, that kind of makes me think it's brilliant the more that I'm talking about it out loud. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> because it's like grief. Yeah. You don't get to, you don't get to see it. It's just it like gone, and you just have to accept this is what you get, and this is how it's moving forward. You know, that, that could be. that. I don't know. I'm going to keep that in the air. I'm just going to leave that up there. 
Maybe uh, maybe uh, I'll feel differently on a on a second rewatch. Maybe it's one of those things. Uh, it needs it demands a second watch. I yes, like. yeah. yeah. That that first watch where it just doesn't hit the, hit the right way necessarily, and then this, on reflection, it's great. Yeah, like that that line in the theater where they all start saying that same line. Oh yeah, yeah, and and essentially, what that's saying is stay woke in a way, like <laughs> okay, stay yeah. awake, like like. Well, stay awake or stay woke? Two very different things. It's like, stay awake to what they're doing around you, It's uh, which yeah. is stay woke. Uh, so. I gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially the same thing. I was going to say that I think, um, uh, like, I just, so I just watched Royal Tenenbaums for the first time. Yes. Um, and uh, I, I hadn't seen it before. I hadn't seen most of his early works. So yeah. I was it's expecting, like, a, yeah. yeah, it's very different. I was expecting, like, a quirky, fun Wes Anderson, what happy movie. you expected happened like, mi- like um, Moonrise Kingdom on. Yes, yeah, and that's pretty. That's what I'd seen of his. That and uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I hadn't seen anything before that, and mm-hmm. so yeah, I was expecting happier, and then it was like they can be pretty heavy early on. Yeah, that movie got really sad. <laughs> yeah, it's it was but, great, but yeah. it's. Uh, I think I went in with the wrong mindset, so I want to watch it again at some point, mm-hmm. understanding what the movie is. Yeah, that's how a lot of his earlier works are. Like the Darjeeling limits a little bit, a little bit lighter and quirkier. The uh, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zizzo, though, I'm not the biggest fan of i i think i've explained to you before yeah. uh it's just uh, like the aesthetics there it just doesn't do it for me uh and also their his first movie bottle rocket you see a lot of promise you see a lot of plantings of what ended up being um wes anderson style but it's yeah. just it's kind of a miss yeah. but it is interesting still to look at how that style slowly developed watching his whole works yeah it is actually i honestly kind of kind of find it slightly inspirational yeah so i feel like uh, you know as a, as a young artist in la mm-hmm. um there's moments where i feel like old and like you know you're never gonna make it or like you're on the wrong path or whatever mm-hmm. but it's nice to see that like the wes anderson that we know today really didn't happen until he was probably what in his 40s yeah it took a lot of building blocks yeah learning little things he liked and then just like picking up one thing at a time and then sticking to it until he had a complete style because he does do well he he admits he does a lot of the same things yeah every time so it's because they're how he likes it mm-hmm. and he knows it works and it's a tool for storytelling it's yeah. a building block yeah you know he has a very distinctive style but it, it is so cool that he's developed this way um mm-hmm. and it's i don't know it's it's nice seeing like passing back and forth because i feel like some directors have their peak and then you just no longer like their movies after it and yeah uh, man, it's it's hard to top Grand Budapest. Um, oh yeah, I I I still hold to this day that's his best movie. Yeah, that and I, it's hard for me to pick between that and Moonrise Kingdom. I do think mo- yeah maybe Grand Budapest takes it by a tiny tiny bit. Yeah, and then Moonrise Kingdom is just like and the other thing about both of those movies is they have really great third acts. Yeah, like they wrap up the story perfectly, and it's something that his movies have kind of been missing ever since. I think Isle of Dogs had a pretty decent ending, but French Dispatch and this were both a little bit lacking in the ending for me, at least uh, on the first watch. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I definitely feel for me it's like Grand Budapest, then Moonrise Kingdom, 
than maybe Asteroid City, honestly. I don't yeah, know. I, th- I think I would agree. I think I would rate Asteroid City third best out of those. I think I've liked it then more mm-hmm. than more than the others. Even even with the third act problems, the rest of it yeah. is still amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great vision. You know, who we haven't talked about Brian Cranston. I was literally I was about oh, to bring that buddy. up. Yet. Oh, such a great so voice, such funny. a great presence, and especially that one scene <laughs> where he just so nudges good. in and he's like, oh, am I not in this? Oh. <laughs> he yeah. just like gets the fuck out of there. Yeah, I, d- I do love that no matter how stylistic he gets, uh, Wes Anderson will make fun of his own style within his movies and yeah. point out those silly things, like the mm. fact, like he points out the fact that it's meta. He gets an extra layer of meta yeah. by having Brian Cranston do that. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, just that whole cast was just so mind blowingly good. Um, Scarlett Johansson was really good, uh, especially that turn where. <laughs> You look out his window and it looks like she's dead in the bathtub. Yeah, and they hold on it for so long, and you're like, "Is this real?" I don't. Especially because she, know. she told him that that was yeah. going to happen. So I thought like, it was real when it happened. Yeah, I thought it was real too. And then they go into the dialogue, and then you feel that massive wave of relief. Yeah. Uh, but also like going down to the more uh, smaller characters like Steve Carell and uh, yeah. goddamn Steve Carell was so. But they're all so funny, but Steve Carell like is just so dry, and the absurdity of his character is mm-hmm. amazing. The amount yeah. of different vending machines that he has, and one of them you can just buy, buy. plots of land <laughs> on a vending machine. The fucking, the fucking martini vending machine. Yeah, yeah. And then Tilda Swinton as the scientist who is looking for the children's approval <laughs> on everything. <laughs> and she was so sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's such a it's such a silly, fun movie, no matter what, you know? That's why I think it's like Moonrise Kingdom in a way, because it's just like like light dolloping yeah. through this little odyssey. Despite some heavy things that have happened to the characters. Like, yeah. You know, Moonrise Kingdom, exactly. it's, you find out that um, he was he's adopted mm-hmm. and... Uh, sorry, sorry, not even adopted. He's an orphan. Um, mm-hmm. And he was living in a foster home and is not allowed back. Mm-hmm. And then now, yeah, Asteroid City, the kid's mom has died. And mm-hmm. he's fucking carrying the ashes around in a Tupperware. Exactly. Also... <sighs> <laughs> The three girls <laughs> who are witches and vampires, yeah, witches and vampires, <laughs> and they, they bury the ashes and they won't let the grandma. And then he the just has to give them. up. He's <laughs> like, "All right, I concede." <laughs> I love when he's uh, at the end when he's talking about like, "All right, yes," and I'm I'm sorry that we buried you in un- unconsecrated ground. And he talks, to, he looks at the grandson yeah. and is like, "Do you want to?" take part in this i don't believe in god anymore (laughs) fair enough fair enough (laughs) no argument oh yeah yeah what a what a fun like what a light movie by the end you know you it feels very wholesome yeah yeah so yeah i was a fan and it's also cool just seeing like similar themes through all of wes anderson's movies there's always been this theater um theme you know the theme of theater within the films yeah uh rushmore one of his earlier works starring uh jason schwartzman uh the character jason schwartzman is like a a really brilliant high schooler who puts on these really elaborate theater performances of like the vietnam war and shit Mm -hmm. and puts there's like huge production value into it and apparently that's all based on uh, both Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson's childhoods, like doing theater and creating these massive productions and putting everything they have into it. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know. And that. Um, yeah, yeah. And then they they ended up writing pretty much every script Wes Anderson directed together until Moonrise Kingdom. 
uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox was Roald Dahl. It was an yeah. adaptation, so excluding that as well. But yeah. after that, uh, and the like, third end of their trio was Roman Coppola. Yeah. And then That's... after that, he just... Owen Wilson features from time to time, but yeah, yeah, that's it's kind of interesting because not not a dig at Owen Wilson because I fucking mm-hmm. love him, but it's his movies definitely got a lot better. That's like Moonrise Kingdom yeah. is, is, <laughs> is like that and Grand Budapest. Like we they said feel the more singularly voiced, is I think the thing. It's like not two people trying to compromise on a it, uh, trying to come to a compromise on a that's fair. vision. It's yeah. just one person's mind like, odyssey like unified vision yeah, yeah that's fair yeah. i'll agree with that mm-hmm. i think maybe actually uh even royal tenenbaums is a great uh example of that actually because mm-hmm. uh the beginning is very wes anderson-esque that's yeah. the first 10 minutes is like oh yeah that's a classic wes anderson intro mm-hmm. but then after that it becomes a lot less so when mm-hmm. it you know with dips I, into heavier themes yeah and it felt like there were different voices there at least because yeah. i came from seeing his later movies first yeah uh, especially talking about um uh, Luke Wilson's uh, what his character goes through toward the end of the movie, the attempted suicide. Yeah, uh, that being so close to what happened to Owen Wilson in actual life, uh, it definitely has a little bit of an eerie, like v- deeper chord because of yeah. that. Yeah, and I didn't even know that till afterwards. It was mm. already haunting enough just even watching it. But yeah, yeah, because yeah. the imagery, well, the way he shoots it, and just seeing something that devastating happened in a Wes Anderson movie is so unexpected Yeah, because unless you started earlier, you yeah, know, yeah. unless you saw his yeah, earlier Yeah, for me it was, earlier, it was wholly unexpected. Yeah, because you're used to quirky, quirky, quirky yeah. like he does now, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, but all of his movies have these super heavy themes, but he's able to uh put them under this like frame of beautiful mise-en-scene that just makes you feel cozy through it all yeah uh yeah he's just fucking excellent and i i love all of his movies even if some are harder to get through than others and some i don't have the deepest um admiration for but overall love his work yeah no he's i he's definitely one of my favorite directors i actually think he might be the first director that I'm about to go through and actually watch every single thing that he's done. Yeah. Actually, I guess uh, Martin McDonough I've done that with. However... He's made he's three made, movies. <laughs> yeah, made... Well, and short films. Yeah. Yeah. Is it only three? I thought it was four. Oh, he, now he, with uh, Banshees. Oh, no, no, Yeah, Banshees no. is the fourth one. In Bruges. Three billboards. Seven, seven Psychopaths. Seven, oh, yeah, yeah, it's four. It's and then, four. Yeah, four and then a short film. So four I technically have seen every film he's ever made. Yes, but it's, Same. Yeah, it's not that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, but yeah, Wes Anderson, he's actually... I haven't yeah, read every play he's written, though. No, that's true. I've, and I don't think I will. I've, no. read, a, I've read several of his I've plays. read Hangman. Uh, no, yeah, Hangman and The Pillow Man. Those are the two I've Those read. Those are the two I've read also. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. <laughs> and then he's got... Like, other ones are like uh, sibling plays to the Banshees of Inisherin. There's like The Cripple of Inishmar... And then, like, the Lieutenant of Inishmon. Yeah. And they're all connected. And I, I've read those titles before. Yeah. And then when I saw Banshees of Inisherin, I was like, oh, I wonder if they're related. But I, I don't really know anything Yeah, I think them. Banshees of Inisherin was supposed to be a play. And okay. then they just decided, fuck it. I'll, I want to make this into a movie. That makes sense. I that could very much see that movie oh, being a play. Oh, such play. In fact, I feel like it was more of a play than a movie. Yeah, yeah. That, that happened a lot that year, I felt like. There was a lot of plays put on film. Hmm. But, you know, I'm a fan of that. I mean, this movie, Asteroid City, uh, kind of a play. That would be a crazy play, <laughs> seeing the play 
of like, asteroids. It, it could work. Yeah, it would be hard though. I mean, that's well, no, it wouldn't quite have the charm. I feel like half the charm of Wes Anderson movies is the camera work. Yeah, the exactly. camera work is. Oh, the beginning insane. sequence was so much fun. It just uh, put you in the world, and, and you're the, like, okay, I'm, the train. The train it? is so like happy go lucky, yeah. and then also that uh, sh- like opening shot of the town, yeah, uh, and the bridge that the leads bridge, to nowhere. Yeah. Oh, it's just like it has so much character in it. Down to the hummingbird at the end, I believe that was a hummingbird. I thought it was a bird. roadrunner. Yeah, something like that. I'm, I don't know, but it was that was a puppet. Actually, I know it was. There a was an actor <laughs> in a green suit. And it was really? like on their feet and they were just <laughs> moving it around. I didn't know that. That's yeah, funny. yeah. Fucking crazy shit, man. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I am Wes Anderson super fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We love him. Just fucking love his aesthetic. I understand why he's having uh, trouble seeing all the uh, Wes Anderson AI oh, <laughs> versions of all of his stuff. Well, yeah, He's the like, AI and send it to me, please. <laughs> I think it's it's not the AI one that he was that that article was about. Oh, it's, it's just um, about it's about that TikTok mimicking. trend yeah, when people trend. are mimicking him. Yeah, he mm. deletes all those because he's he's like I don't want to see other people's take on me because someone like on social media me. made the cast do the trend for press. Oh, and I'm sure he wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> Yeah, maybe yeah. he doesn't even know. He probably. And the recording cut off the last two minutes, so, um, bye. Leave the Door Open, the podcast is available wherever you find your podcasts. Go ahead and leave us a review or give us a follow to get the latest updates on future episodes. And make sure to check out Asteroid City in theaters now. Thanks for listening. Until next time.